This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Monday, it's the 22nd of January 2024. Coming up today, we're going to find out all about the Game Accessibility Conference Awards that take place this week. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, how are you today? I am beautiful, Stephen Scott. How are you, sir? Well, I don't know if you'll hear it in the background or not, but my coffee machine is whirring into life. Oh, hang on, wait. Yeah, I, I don't think you'll hear it very well. No, I can uh, hear you it. might hear the at some point. Cause it does. I could do the sound effects for you. Oh, it's like, and then it goes, and then that's kind of it, really. Nice one. What a, what a great start to the show. It's a shambles already with sound effects. Um, Welcome to Double Tap. Breaking news. Well, I did see a, uh, a a post on social media saying that you didn't sleep very well last night, Ugh. Stephen Scott. I won't say it, it wasn't from you, but someone else. So apparently yeah, there wasn't much sleep in the uh, Stephen Scott household last night. No, sadly not. No, because, uh, you know, uh, apparently uh, climate change is happening. It's a real thing. <laughs> Welcome to the party. Of course it's a real thing. But yes, we're actually here in the UK sat in the middle of storm so-and-so. I, I, Isha? Is it Isha or Aisha? I, Aisha? I couldn't work out. Something like that. Either way, it just means it's incredibly windy. And yeah, oh, last night was terrible. Windows 80 were to rattling. 90 mile an hour winds. Um, we had... Uh, a bit of rain. Oh, it's ter- you know what? Every time we talk about the weather, I'm always conscious of Canada. And <laughs> I know, I know. But they, I, I, and it's funny, right? Because it's either like wildfires or tornadoes. You know, over here, you get a bit of wind and everyone's, oh! And of course, the, the thing that everyone talks about is bins, trash bins, right? Outside. They just, they just fly. I mean, there were actually videos last night of people, uh, you know, it was like some kind of scene out of, like a cheap scene from Doctor Who. Yes. Where, you know, these wheelie bins are flying off up into the air. <laughs> it's like some, someone in the special effects department has been cut, clearly. Um but yeah, it was it was a wild night last night. I was, you know me, I'm not dramatic in any way no, at all. Of course not. Um, I, I absolutely am not like that. I'm, you know, I've told you a million times I don't exaggerate. Oh, classic. And you know, I I absolutely believed that last night the entire house was going to collapse, <laughs> or the roof was going to be ripped off entirely, and I'd wake up to nothing. Well. We're all fine. That's the main thing. We're all good. Everything is fine. And I, you stick, slept fine. I did. I slept right through it. I don't care. Um, what can I do about it? Nothing. There you go. You, that's the thing, right? So by, by about three o'clock this morning, that was the conversation I was having with myself in my head. I'm telling. I'm having a, a, like a little debate with myself. And I'm saying, okay, so here's the thing, Stephen. If the roof did rip right off the house, what exactly in that moment could you do about it? What can be achieved? And, you know, the truth is nothing. There's absolutely nothing. I can, it's like we can hang on to it, hope for the best. You would cover up all your computer stuff. I know that much. Ah, you know, I mean, you know, get the insurance out. Get a nice oh. new one. Yeah, an M3. Okay, I think we should move on. Oh, oh I think I might be pro with M3, actually. Now you're, now you're saying it. Take the roof. <laughs> Talking of weather, Stephen Scott, mm-hmm. I need a holiday and vacation. And break. That's what I need. I need um, I need some sun on my back. I've decided, right? I haven't had a holiday abroad for 10, 11, 12 years, maybe. And okay. I've decided I want to feel the sun on my back. But... What about your front? 
no, no, I don't care about my front. Okay, fine. The, the thing being is that now, at this point, I don't think I could do it on my own, right? Sarah can't see anything. I can't see anything. I'm just in the house then. I am. Well, I've been doing that for 12 years. I'm tense. <laughs> and I'm give it a fit up with it. Right. I, I, the, the kids the, the age my children are now, they're not want to go with us. So for the first time ever, I am looking at holiday companies that cater and tailor holidays for the visually impaired. Oh, you've gone super blind. I have gone super blind. I'm embracing hey, it. Welcome to blindness. <laughs> I, think you've, I think that's you unlocked level four. Thank you. I've leveled up. But <laughs> no, this is the first time I've looked into these sort of, because there's, I don't know how many, but there's two or three companies out there, as I say, that cater for visually impaired people. I'm still not sure, though. The, the good thing here is that in the one I'm looking at in particular, it says you can have uh, a guide, an assistant, a support worker, if you will, for up to eight hours a day. And okay. that, that sounds really good to me, right? The, the thing is, you could get a friend or family member to come with you and do the same sort of thing because you are paying uh, a premium for these special catered holidays here we're talking mm. you know like a, a lot of money over the top of what a normal holiday would be and you're paying for that exact reason I, i'm not sure how i feel about it i i, I don't i honestly i don't know money. it's a lot of money but then i need the help how else could i do it i mean i i'm not entirely sure the ones i'm looking at though and here's a question i want to put to the listeners anyone who's tried these companies had a vacation that's you know tailored and catered for visually impaired people a lot of them have activities and i don't want that for my holiday i am a simple lazy man all i want is to lay by a pool be able to jump in there be able to get some drinks from the bar get a burger incredibly important and then just laze around on a lounger drinking in the sun that's all i want i want a villa i want someone to bring me food in the morning and drinks in the evening and that's <laughs> god i sound terrible don't i but that's my idea of a perfect holiday for me i do we go sightseeing i mean that's a whole different conversation it's not for me i don't want an activity is that possible do any companies cater for that sort of thing because Double lazy british people <laughs> lazy fat old men yes <laughs> that must be that must be someone who does that because There's a business there i mean that's a quite easy business it, oh well, hang on so all i have to do right hang on so what you want me to do here is just basically throw burgers at him when he looks as a little bit restless yes right okay basically. excellent i can do that that sounds great and bring me a mojito every 10 minutes. It sounds gorgeous to me. The ones I'm looking at, though, they are very much aimed at activities, right? Horse riding, scuba diving, a tactile museum or two, and even basket weaving. Oh, come on. I'm leaving that. Basket weaving? I'm just leaving that hanging. Basket weaving. <sighs> and for me, that isn't for me. <laughs> at least if you, at least, I suppose at least if your passport runs out, you can't get home, you've got a career. <laughs> What weaving baskets? I know it's a growing sector, right? Uh, everyone wants well, a basket used to be. weaved. Uh, <laughs> it used uh, to be very popular among the. Well, I don't know if it was very popular among the blind, the blind people, but amongst long sighted people, they loved it. They loved to watch us basket weave. So if like you couldn't a- do that, you could tune a piano. 
<laughs> Today, everyone on the coach, we're going to tune some pianos. <laughs> I, I, look, I, I'm, wow. not, I'm not into activities. I, uh, maybe, you know, sitting on <laughs> that... those ones. <laughs> <laughs> sitting, sitting on that big ban- banana being dragged by a speedboat. <laughs> Maybe. Okay, all cool. A day at the when beach. When did you last go on holiday, Sean? Please? <laughs> Big bananas dragged by boats. I mean, that's that's quite... A, I, I think you've last... I'm going to guess 1980s, because that sounds a little bit... Was, was George Michael on the radio at the time? I used to love those. They were really yeah. cool. And going out in a pedalo, yeah, I'm all up for that. But, um, yeah, those activities don't sound like they're for me. So I'm really interested in, in your experiences out there listeners so let me know have you used any of these companies did you have a good time did you have a great time did you have a bad time i don't know that was the assistance. help john priest leave his shed uh, it's time no it's time to the shot of the shed <laughs> no no no, donation. no 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 <laughs> well uh, no. actually now you're saying now, actually that's not a bad idea well as i said GoFundMe. they do seem uh Actually, I don't know compared to uh, mainstream holidays how much more expensive they are, but they are more expensive. Some of the some of the companies can be up to double because you're basically paying for them as well. So whoever the person is, you're paying their ticket, their hotel. So really, you're just taking somebody else with you. That's the way to think about it. Not all the not all the time, uh, and I think it's sometimes there's, there's one company I think that does group excursions and group events. So there's like a number of people who kind of work between you all. So that's kind of nice. Well, um, I totally understand. And that's good as well, because then there's other blind folk there as well, so no, you get the no, chance to no, mingle no. with others. I, I, oh, you don't I'm, want this, that, right? This isn't a blind get-together. I, I, I just want to They're all blind day. get-together, Sean. Come on. What? They always seat you together. That's how it oh, works. Right. They put all the, in, in, in these places, they put the single people together, they put the old people together. No, I'm, they not put against, the, I'm not against that. <laughs> that's got a time and a place. I, I just want a, a holiday, just a, a family holiday. Just me and Sarah, that's all. I just want to do my own thing. And I, look, I totally get why there's more expense to it. Absolutely. They, they, you get a local guide in this co- one company I'm looking at. Get a local guide who speaks the language, who can drive you around, who basically will do whatever you want them to do. I mean, of course. Within reason. Yeah, within reason, obviously. But um, stop it. But that's that's obviously, that they need to be paid for that time. So I totally understand that. And I'd rather pay someone as a support worker, then take a friend or a family member over where I feel like as I'm paying them, I can say, you know what, we we want to be on our own today or can you just give us a few hours, come back at this time? Yeah, not not yeah. being rude, not being impolite. No, but, no I get that. No, it's, it's for you, the holiday. It's not for them. Exactly right. I mean, right. It, I mean it's, it's for them to assist with you, but that shouldn't get in the way of you having a holiday. You don't want to be beholden to someone. That's the problem with all these things. You end up beholden to someone. Yes, I think anyway. I mean, it's, well, it's like any time you've got an assistant. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you have to. I mean, either you have to have someone. Like we, if I am away anywhere for work, I take Jane with me, and I take Jane because Jane just has this amazing ability. We know each other. We've worked together for so many years. She just knows that I want to be on my own. I mean, she knows that. I mean, she could probably just leave me at the airport, and she'd probably be quite happy to leave me there because she knows <laughs> from that moment until we get back, I want to be on my own. But you know, she knows when it's time. And she'll just say, okay, I'll just leave you here. And she's not one of those people who says, oh, you know, like when we were in Vegas for CES, when I would go back to the hotel that, and I'd go back about five o'clock and I, I just wanted to stay in that hotel room, have something to eat, get some sleep. I was exhausted. And yeah. she wants to go and wander the streets of Las Vegas. Why wouldn't you, right? I mean, that's of you're in Vegas. Yeah. So she, she said to me first day, do you want to do that? I said, look, I, I don't want to do any of that stuff. And she said, fine. And so she goes off and she has a great time. She comes back, tells me all about it over breakfast next morning. It was really nice, actually. But yeah. she gets the point that I'm just not, and it takes, 
quite a lot for someone to understand that. I think some of it's about just having a conversation right up front, just having a conversation and saying, look, this is what I, this is who I am. This is what I am. Um, this isn't a blind thing. This is a me thing. And, you know, just being honest about it. But look, I know we're a tech show and I'm Mr. conscious. Yeah, so I know, sorry. I know. So sorry, we'll Mr. Get F. To it. But I was going to suggest something. What about Ira? Because, you know, he has a pair of working eyes. You can pull out your pocket at any time. Oh. We'll work anywhere in the world. You could, you know, subscribe, get a few extra minutes. I don't know how it works. Maybe buy extra minutes before you go. Is that more expensive than the actual blind well, holiday? <laughs> it might work out similar. But, you know, the point is that you, well, it wouldn't cost that much. But the point is you then have a pair of working eyes with you whenever you want. And you wouldn't have the hassle of, you know, having to feed someone or look after, you know, you'd have that person with you, which I don't know. Sometimes I think that's maybe better. For me, it's almost the perfect companion because especially when you're away, you can have your quiet moments. You can kind of work off your own schedule because the one thing that you forget, and I think this is part of this because you've not done this before. Yeah. The one thing you'll realize is that there's, there's going to be things you'll start to do you'll get into a routine over the course of the couple of weeks. So you'll start to know where things are. You'll start yes. to remember this is where this is. That like we, we love cruises, right? Because generally on a cruise ship, you can't go wrong. I mean, if your feet start getting wet, you've walked too far, okay? But other than that, if your feet remain dry and, you know, you roughly are in the same place um, and you can hear people talking, you're in the right area. And the thing is, there's people around you can ask, but generally, and we did, we started to get to know the ship. So you'd start to get to know where you were going. Yeah. And... You would need that help initially, but maybe not in a weekend. So a weekend, you might find this getting a little bit irritating, having someone around. That's my thinking. So yeah. Ira's good for that. I get you. I just need a bit of help. I mean, Ira's no good on a cruise ship, okay? Because obviously there's no internet or very well, weak internet. Surely. Well, well I mean, this internet on a ship, just forget it. It doesn't, it's not a thing yet. I mean, maybe really? when Starlink is, is fully operational, but I don't think we're there yet. Okay. Um, never have had a good experience about that. Um but, you know, on, on dry land, on, 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 a, on a, a trip, say, in Spain or in, in Turkey or wherever, no you could have a great time. Yeah. No, oh, yeah? Yeah. no trips. I'm not, I'm not leaving. Oh, you're not doing trips. I'm not right. leaving the boat. I, I've seen that. Or ship. I can't remember which is the right term. Um, a, cruise, yeah, a, ship. a cruise is actually another option I was thinking about because I know you've been on a few. Um, I know a few people who's been on cruises, actually, and had a great time. And, you know, you've got staff there that are always willing to help. And as you said, you can familiarise yourself with the layout. Um, you don't have to worry about finding places to eat. Or, I mean, literally, you could stop anywhere and yeah. someone will get you a drink or, a, you know, that's the thing about it. They get to know you as well. You know, because remember, although it sounds crazy, there's so many people on board that ship. The staff do get to know you. They start, and, and, and let's be honest, we stand out. We do stand out more than How the average person. dare you? What, two white canes flapping around all over the place, bumping <laughs> off walls? I mean, we, we, we do get, you know, we do get noticed. There's we no do. way around that. No. And that can, work in, that can work for you, right? It can work against you, but it can work for you as well. And I think it's good because it does allow people to be able to say to you, you know, hey, can I help you here? Or, you know, where are you trying to get to? In fact, one occasion we were trying to get somewhere and this person came over to us and said, you're trying to get to the restaurant, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah. Okay, come with me. He knew exactly where we were going. He knew for us because he knew roughly where we were heading towards and he knew we were going the wrong way. And so he was able, and, and that's the thing with a cruise ship. You can get disorientated in it. But the great thing is you just keep walking. You'll get, you'll find your way back to it. You'll always find your way back to where you started. I thought some of them were huge now. I don't walk that far. I want a train or some sort of subway system. 
Well, one one we were on the entire. The, there was a walking track that a lot of people would go on in the morning, just just for walking around or jogging around, and it was a mile in total. Wow, a mile! It was great for. And the thing is, it didn't feel like a mile. You could go wandering around it, and of course, the great thing was there was a handrail all the way around it. So brilliantly accessible. You could go for a walk in the morning. Now I would do that on a, a, in a city or in a town. That's I wouldn't true. Because I'd get lost. Yeah. Oh no, I'm you've got cruises, me. Do you know? I'm on a yeah. You have honestly, you have. I've Welcome heard... to Cruise Radio. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard some great things. Like people going on cruises. I've also heard a couple of nightmares as well. Oh, I've, I've heard the it. classic. You know what? There's two blind people coming. We we were told we couldn't get on one cruise ship because there was two of us. That's exactly you know, it. Unless you bring a enough. sighted person with you to help you, you couldn't go on. That's right. I think certain cruise lines are bad for that. I don't, I don't think the states, are, you know, I certainly would imagine Canadian or or, or um, American ships are probably bad like that. I don't think that's. I don't mm. know, but I know that a couple of examples in Europe have been like that. They've always been turned around, though. I think. I think they they've always been forced to change their minds on that. Well, yeah. I mean, come on, forced to change their mind. I mean, come on. You, you, <laughs> You can't not let people on because there's two blind people. I mean, that is just again three just blind going people. Just back to my point. Just going back to my point last week. Swap the words out: black or woman. Yeah. Oh, what two black people? No, no, you're not getting on. Yeah. Can you imagine the headlines? Two women. What? Two of you? No, no, no. We only allow one woman on at a time unless you're bringing a man with you. Now, that usually works. I agree with you, but there, there is that. It does. That, uh, trust me, that, that line works a lot because people very quickly realise what they're saying. Yes, That's but the there point. is a different <laughs> the, the level of assistance needed. For a disability, but not right? always though. No, that's not the case. If we with had everybody. a, sh- a ship didn't. full of blind people, then arguably there's going to be more staff needed. But but no, but not necessarily. Look, at the end of the day, people need help, right? Everybody's going to be lost. I mean, in that in those first days, everybody's lost. The staff are continually answering questions. People, where am I going? Where am I going? Where am I going? Where's this thing? Where's that? True. So it's not unique. And the difference with us is, I think we have. I don't want to say extra abilities because we don't, but we certainly do put a lot more effort into our navigation. So we do take note of things. We do find our ways. We do Yes, we learn. need to. Yes, we well, learn we have, routes exactly. very quickly. Whereas sighted people, frankly, don't. I know! Using their eyes. It's like, right, so we're going to Vienna in a couple of weeks, right, to do this thing. I know exactly where we're sitting. I know where the toilets are. I know where the cafe is. I know in my head right now. I've mapped it all in my head right now. Because I know exactly where I was last time, so I know where we are this time. It's a different position we're sitting at, but I know where that is. And I know what's next to us. I know we, we step out. There's a little bit of carpet. You'll feel this. And you can tell me if I'm wrong when we get there. But we get, I will. You, you step out from where the table will be, where we are standing. Yes. And then there's a little bit of carpet that kind of is, acts like a navigation. Oh, follow the carpet. And it goes carpet. to the left. You follow it up to it turns left, but you don't turn left. You go straight on. That takes you to the side of the cafe. Mm. Then you walk round. You take a left. You follow the bar round, and that's you at the cafe front. Of course, at that point, you probably skipped the queue, but never mind that. Um, <laughs> then you go back to the carpet. You turn right, and that's where the bathrooms are. That's that's in my head. Now, that's a sighted person would never know that or be able to recount that. No, and the, the, the argument being that they don't need to, but we do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm totally with you on that. Yeah. So that's okay. why I'm saying we're better. That's what I'm saying. Well done. So basically, <laughs> to round this up, I want a holiday. Uh, and if anyone's tried any of these, or a cruise, actually, or a holiday company that, that, that tailors holidays specifically for blind people, let me know. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. I'm very, very interested. Okay, let's get to some actual tech, because that's kind of why we're here. 
Uh, and, you know, I can see the emails coming in right now. Hang on, you've cut the show back to five a week and, and, and you're talking about cruises now. What next? <laughs> We're so um, sorry. We're getting to work right now, Mr. F. Let's get into Yeah, exactly. We've had we've had the coffee break. Yes. Let's get into the work. Uh, okay, so this isn't work. This is just not I'm exhausted already. Okay, carry on. Well, that's just you and me. Um, okay, so let's get into the emails. Greg's been in touch and he wants to talk about the Revo keyboard. Hey, Stephen. Regarding your long discussion about the Clicks keyboard case... Your frustration with on-screen typing, bulkiness of Bluetooth keyboards, and your longing for the days of the BlackBerry. Why not bite the bullet and try the holy grail of input solutions for us blindies? Of course, it is the remote interface for VoiceOver, or Revo, the perfect solution for the problems you have not been able to solve. Yes, it's a specialised device designed specifically for us and costs more than the average Bluetooth keyboard, but you keep spending money on solutions that don't work. Why not try the one that does? Try it, Stevie. You'll like it. I use Stevie to parody the old TV commercial, not to disregard your preferred name. Regards, Greg in Pennsylvania. I, I'm going to let you call me Stevie. That's okay, Greg. You can do that. Uh, do you know, you, you make a very good point. You do. I've never tried this keyboard. You've told me about it a lot, and I've never given it a try. And it's funny because I have always looked for the, the perfect solution. And there was this thing at CES you might have heard about me, me talking about. Uh, it was in the uh, the... In, in amongst all the products we were talking about, there's one company called FinTech. They come up with this. Um, it's kind of a similar idea by the sounds of it. I mean, it's not exactly the same because what they've tried to do is basically put a QWERTY keyboard into, I think, eight keys, which is, I, I can't really understand that. Is it left, right, up and down to choose a specific much. group? I'm sure there's yeah. full-size keyboards kind of, that, that do the same thing for one-handed people, same sort of thing. Oh, I see. So maybe that's the maybe approach. That's... Uh, yeah, okay. Didn't mention that, but yeah, maybe that's maybe that's the technology it's based on. Right, okay. That well, makes sense. It, it, it's, Mr. GP there makes absolute sense because we've been raving about the Hable 1, yeah. right? And that's not a, a, a particularly cheap piece of kit. Um so why not try the other one? I think it's just a case we've never got our hands on one, right? It may be yeah. a game changer. Could be. Could be. Well, Callum writes in about this. And uh, Greg, this might come back to you as a question. So listen up, Greg. I think this is going to be some uh, one of those questions that maybe only you can answer at the moment, since we don't have our hands on this. Uh, as always, of course, Laura is reading our emails. Hi, Stephen, Sean and Laura, of course. I was looking for some help with a couple of problems I've had. The first one is typing on my phone. I use a combination of Zoom and VoiceOver. I've looked at the Revo 2, but it's £300. Will it work when I'm not using VoiceOver or is there a cheaper option? The other one is very complicated, so bear with me. I'm doing a dissertation on VI people's experience of accessing counselling. My plan is to interview people to ask about their experience. I need to record the interviews, then transcribe them. I know I can do this on Teams, but if my interviewee wants to do the interview over a phone, how can I record it? Ideally, I want to be on headphones for privacy and seemingly call recording can't be enabled in the UK. Any suggestions would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, Callum in Yorkshire. Mm. Well, thank you, Callum. Um, okay, so that question regarding the Revo has to come back to you, Greg. And I think that's a great question. Does it work without voiceover being turned on? I imagine it would. But yeah. because it's ah, because it's got voiceover in the title of its name, I kind of wonder, mm, does it require voiceover? Is, does it work like a real display in that sense? Or does it, yeah. Or does it just work like a Bluetooth keyboard? I mean, I'm assuming you yeah. don't have to pair it through the, the Braille section in, in settings. So, yeah, don't know. Greg, over to you. 
Uh, how about recording phone calls? Um, that's a question that comes up quite a lot because you just simply can't do it, it seems. Well, actually, there's a simple way to do this and achieve what you're trying to do. And you've kind of got the answer already, but maybe you don't realise. A lot of people don't realise you can phone in to Zoom calls, Zoom rooms, Zoom meetings. So, you know, as well as having the ability to, uh, you know, invite someone, you know, on a computer to connect, people can just call a number. Now, you usually get a phone number that is then followed by a six-digit code that the person has to input in to join the meeting room. Uh, but it's very much like the old conference systems you used to get in offices. And you, that's one way to do it. Now, that would allow someone to join your Zoom meeting. Then, obviously, with their agreement and their consent, you can record the call. And then that can be transcribed. And I think, in, I haven't tried this. I know that in Teams, we, were, we saw this the other day, we were on a Teams meeting. And there was this recording and trans, uh, was it tra- record and transcribe? Yeah. And basically, it's, it's grabbing everything. I mean, it would, it'll do a couple of things. It'll give you a transcript of the meeting at the end but it will also be able to summarize it for you, you know, lay out key points. I think this is brilliant because, you know, you know what you and I are like. Oh, you yeah. Know, go off on 800 different times. The only thing I'm not keen on is whatever I'm saying in private being <laughs> recorded. That bit I'm not keen on because I know how I go off on one. Um, but, you know, there is something in that, right, that, you know, you could use that kind of technology. That would probably be the easiest way because trying to record a call on a phone it's a bit of a no-no when it comes to Apple. There are apps you can do it with on Android, but I think it's all about the consent side. Um, I mean, look, you have to have the agreement anyway. And the way I would do it is when you get on a call with someone, sit, tell the person that the interview is being recorded, uh, which they should know in advance anyway, but tell them that and ask for their agreement because then you've got their voice telling you. So if anyone comes back to you and ever says, hey, did you record me? Well, yeah, and you said it was okay. Yeah. You know, so I think that's, it's just, a, it's like a verbal contract in a way. And it's, it's good. I've used it a few times because sometimes for whatever reason, it's been difficult to get someone to sign a, a form or whatever. And, you know, it's just like, forget it. Just tell me you're okay with this. Yeah. And, you know, that's it. We used to use it in radio all the time because it's, it's the best. It's actually the easiest way for uh, everyone, right? You can get, just, yeah. Yes, I agree. It's fine. Um, but that will give you the transcription options as well, you know, which is kind of cool. That's the best Once way. Soon. Absolutely. Uh, phone into a, a VoIP of some sort and um, Zoom and Teams. And even if that's... So here's another thing, right? Because people might not pay for a Zoom room, so they might not get access to those features. Uh, so maybe you use the Zoom in the 40-minute mode or whatever, if that's still going. I think it is. Because uh, it went back to that, didn't it? There was a period where you could use Zoom for... Yes. ...as much as you wanted, but they stopped all that. Yeah. And uh, now you've got to pay for it. But there are other options out there. And uh, there's a really cool app I use called uh, on the Mac, I must admit, called Mac Whisper which I've been playing with, that this app is brilliant because, first off, you can transcribe. You can batch transcribe a number of files. So say, for example, and this is what we do, right? So let you into the secrets. So what I do is once the show's done and Sean's done the edit, you'll send me the files. Um, then what I do is I take the file, the one that we put up to the podcast, because that one is the entire show end to end, and I put that into Mac Whisper, and that transcribes the entire show. Now, it doesn't transcribe it in a way that would be, I think, an acceptable transcript in some respects, because it's literally just a text file full of words. Yep. How it figures out anything <laughs> within that, I don't know. It's amazing. Because um, it's incredible. But then what happens is Mac Whisper just added a feature last week where in the app, if you connect your, if you've got ChatGPT and you're paying for it, you can get the OpenAI key, the, the, the key that comes with it. You put that into this app and it will connect your OpenAI a subscription to Mac Whisper. And within the app, I can just type, write a summary, uh, you know, or a blog post or a 
podcast show notes for this. And it will just do it there and then. And it was very accessible. Don't have to take it off to GPT or use anything else. So kind of cool. Although one side, I should say, and it does tell you as soon as you start to do it, that it makes that that data, because I'm submitting directly to OpenAI, is open to their servers. Now, that's not a problem for us because it's a public show, right? There's nothing to hide here. Yes. is isn't a private call. So, you know, I'm okay with that. But it does mean that, you know, we're, we're kind of feeding the beast that is OpenAI. Okay, whatever. You know, it's, get, it's getting more technology, but blind people, that's a good thing. Well, it's just um, something you've got to be aware of if you're recording someone's phone call that, that may be not quite so yeah, public, that might not every be aspect of it. Yeah. So you do need to be mindful of that. But absolutely, it, it works well. What's that called again? And how are you spelling that? So Mac Whisper, because uh, the whole thing is off OpenAI's Whisper application, which is essentially their uh, text-to-speech. And of course, speech-to-text. Uh, I should say speech-to-text and now text-to-speech as well, because you can trans, you can actually have these transcripts turned into audio as well using the voices that they've got. That's wow. not a feature of Mac Whisper, but you can do that. Uh, but Mac Whisper is an application, uh, all one word. Uh, he's got Jordy Bruin who makes this app. He's put a lot of work into it and he's quite receptive to ideas. He's just a, a guy on his own, you know, trying to, to make these apps and, you know, they're, they're absolutely fantastic. But what I love about it is the fact that it's got the multiple, the batch option. So if you've got loads of things you want to transcribe, you can very easily do it. Fantastic. And, and what it'll do is it'll actually take each transcript can be exported into a text file and will just be placed next to your audio file. So if you've got a folder full of you know, audio you want to get transcribed, you'll just go in once it's done, then all the text files are just sitting next to it with the same name. So that's pretty cool. Um, I will say, you see apps in the App Store, in the Apple App Store, that say they can record phone calls, and they can, but you need to be very wary because basically how this works is you're calling, um, the, the call is transferred onto another telephone system of that company's. It's like a party line. So you're having your conversation through a third-party system and that they're recording it there. It's like having a conversation on someone else's voicemail. So you need to be wary of that, you know, how trustworthy are the the other company. I'm not saying there's, there's anything going on here, but if you're having a conversation, it's not private and it's not, you know, secure between the two of you. So I'm very wary of those sort of apps in the App Store. Uh, just another app to tell you about I've been playing with over the weekend, not connected to this, but I think it's really useful for taking notes. It also has some other applications as well. It's an app called Sound Paste. Now, someone on Mastodon posted this, and uh, she was saying that she or he had said, he or she, whoever it was, had, had said that they had contacted the developer because there was a bit of an issue with it. Now, this app, it's called Sound Paste. What it does is it, it runs in the background of your Mac. Again, this is Mac only, so apologies to the Windows people, but, you know, I'm on my Mac and I'm loving it. Uh, but, you know, on the <laughs> Mac, you've got this app, and what you can do is, with a, a simple keyboard shortcut, the default is Command-Shift-E, it will instantly start recording. So it kind of, it's like a, an automatic recorder just sitting there, always ready to go. And it runs in the background, you don't have to have it in the foreground, you don't have to, you can set it up. I mean, you can set things up like location of where the files are saved once you've finished with them, um, you can even set it to copy or add the audio straight to the, the clipboard straight afterwards. And I'll explain why you would want that in a minute. But, you know, first off, this is about being able to record very quickly. Now, um, for me... And what microphone to use as well, which is important. Uh, uh, yes, yeah. the good point. Yes, yeah, so you can choose the microphone. So if you've got a specific mic you use for whatever, uh, or an, a microphone you want to use for this specifically, then you can. Um, 
But yeah, by invoking that, um, what you can do is you, it just starts recording. That's it. It just starts. And, and you can be anywhere in the system. It's a global shortcut. So you can be anywhere in the system. Just you know do that command. Then once you're finished with your recording, you just hit the sh- command shift E again, and that will automatically drop that file into whatever you've asked it to drop it. Now, it also, as I say, copies that audio to the clipboard as well. And the benefit there is that if you were editing something, say in Audacity or in Reaper or Audition or whatever it is you're using, you would be able to just command V, which is paste, that audio straight into your recording. So say you've recorded an interview, maybe the question, and I've done this many times, the question you've posed is not a great version of the question. You want to redo it. Well, normally I'd have to go in and kind of fiddle about and do things. And I have to do fiddling about anyway because I'm editing it. But the point is to record another track. It can sometimes be a bit hit and miss depending on the way I'm doing it. So for me, just doing this, boom, I can just hit this command, record the question. It's immediately in my clipboard. I can go in, I can select the area I want to change, and I can just replace it there and then. Um, I think this is brilliant. It's a simple little app, costs $10. If you get a free trial for a couple of days to try it, you can get rid of it if you don't like it. Um, a little bit of accessibility uh, on the to be maybe fixed, and something we'll all maybe you know, pile in on the developer on uh, to fix. <laughs> One thing that was fixed, and the reason this person mentioned it, was because um, they had had issues with knowing whether or not it was recording and when it had stopped recording. So there's now an audible signal when you uh, start recording and when you end recording. That's so but important. Such a cool little app. I, so. As a side note, that sounds amazing, by the way. If anyone knows anything similar for Windows, let me know. Um, I, I, think, I think there is one called Virtual Recorder. There's a, I remember using this years ago. So Virtual Recorder is an old app, but it was a brilliant app because what it could do is it could record, not quite as global shortcut-like, but if you want to do a quick recording, it would do it. You could also, in the old days, when we were recording Skype calls back in the day, um, there was no way to record Skype separately on your computer you couldn't it wasn't easy to sort of not like that's these where days. i know it from I, I did say that i heard yeah. of this before yes from individual tracks on skype well no what no what it would do is you would record left and right so we'd put that's your right. voice on the left track and skype on the right track and that was how it got around it yeah and then you would just great, split it up yeah it was fantastic absolutely but i just really like the the global shortcut nature of that one you were talking about it just you know being able to do it from anywhere and record Sounds great. I have this, the same sort of problem in OBS when I'm recording video. Um, I've got a global keyboard shortcut, and it's great because you can do it from anywhere. I've got it control alt and r to start recording. But sometimes I get confused whether, okay, am I recording now? Or, uh, mm. and sometimes I've recorded something, and all I've got is me actually the recording of when I thought I'd finished recording. Just right. because it's missing that beep, it's, it's vital to know, okay, it started. I've got some audio feedback. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, look, any other suggestions you want to throw in for apps, please do let us know. Uh, there's a couple of uh, cool ones for you. Uh, we'll get to more of your emails later as well. Uh, but up next, we're going to be joined by Steve Saylor. He's here to tell us all about the GA Conf Awards, the Game Accessibility Conference Awards. Coming up this Wednesday, uh, he will be hosting the event, and he's here to tell us all about that next. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. 
Call the Double Tappers now, 1-877-803-4567, or email us, feedback at doubletaponair.com. Now, the Game Accessibility Conference Awards are coming up on Wednesday. Steve Saylor, also known as the Blind Gamer, is hosting it, and uh, he is joining us now. Uh, good to have you back on Double Tap with us, Steve. Ah, Stephen, thank you so much for inviting me back. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, it's great to have you uh, here on the show. And, you know, we're a couple of days out now from the uh, Game Accessibility Conference Awards, which you're hosting! You're yes. hosting! <laughs> What's really like exciting. that call? Oh, oh my goodness! I, I, I mean, it's it, hearing from Ian and Tara, uh, and then organizing the G, the just the game accessibility conference alone, and just being friends with them for a while, and then they and they were like, "Hey, do you want to host this?" And I was like, "Yeah, you, you know, twist my arm, why don't you?" Uh, yeah, exactly. it was a it was a no, a no brainer, and I'm just so honored that they uh, that they uh, wanted to ask me to to have this. Awesome responsibility of hosting uh, an award show, not once, but twice. And of course, the great thing is it gives us a chance to talk about game accessibility, right? Which I know is something you are absolutely passionate about and you love talking about. And it makes total sense because, you know, this world has moved on so much, hasn't it? I mean, you know, if we think five years ago, would we even be able to talk about could we even have a conference promoting game accessibility and, and having awards? Or would it just be like, oh, yeah, there's one game that's doing okay. Yeah, it definitely has uh, increased uh, a lot. And I, I think probably the momentum has has definitely increased uh, over the past just two years alone. Because, um, yeah, like when I started doing accessibility uh, way back in like 2017, which isn't that long ago in the grand scheme of things of, of when it terms to video game accessibility. But at that time, it was still relatively uh, uh, like really new. And it was not a, like, as you said, there was like maybe like one or two games a year that would come out that had um, accessibility as part of the game and now we're seeing this year and having uh, not only just some amazing uh, games but just amazing games that are also accessible as well um, has been really really great to be able to see and just kind of like looking back and over the past like just six years that I've been doing this uh, it's it's amazing to be able to, to finally be able to get to that point where now there's just a ton of games that I can that I and other disabled players could be able to finally be able to play instead of just waiting for that one to come out. Do you find, I mean, it's interesting because you'll speak to so many different people in the community and you'll, you'll probably speak to real hardened gamers, people who are really pouring their heart and soul into this stuff, not just in terms of making the games, but also playing them. But there's lots of us out there who aren't really that into these games. And sure. it's partly driven by the fact that, to be honest, we thought we couldn't play them. So, you know, we wouldn't go and buy a PlayStation or an Xbox because... It just wouldn't seem like a smart move. It would be like, okay, I can play one game on this or two games on this. But that is changing. And and it seems to me that just from what you are saying and what I'm hearing from these events, and in particular we're going to hear more about this this week at the, the Game Accessibility Conference Awards, is that there's so many more games to choose from these days. So it really is a time to get into gaming i guess oh totally and from many different types of genres too i mean the past at least the biggest sort of accessible games have always kind of been a uh, a genre that may not be seen as uh, approachable uh, by uh, people who don't play games like uh, for instance the last of us uh is definitely probably one of the more extreme accessible uh successes in the in the industry but i get it not everyone wants to be able to play a game where you're basically just shooting zombies uh so i i think that um there's a lot of different games that are out now for many different types of, of people if you're into racing uh there's games for that uh if you're into like art like role-playing games there's uh accessible games for that it, it just there's many 
many different types of genres that are now uh, really accessible. I mean, there, there's even a great cozy game for, called Stories of Blossom that is, uh, I think it's probably like approachable by anybody. Like if you just like really good stories, but also have a like have it be accessible too. that's a, a, an amazing game that you can be able to check out. And no matter what uh, type of uh, experience you have with a video game. And, you know, can we can we bust this myth that it's just for young people? I mean, I think there's a lot of benefit in gaming for all ages. Uh, you know, there's even talk of how, you know, playing games can stave off dementia. You mm-hmm. know, there's research going on into that at the moment, you know, so people even in older years could benefit from this. There are lots of people just sitting at home, you know, they don't want to just watch TV. They want their, their brains to be stretched. Oh, totally. I mean, uh, over the course of the pandemic, uh, video games actually was the only medium that actually made money over the pandemic or over movies mm. and TV shows. And, and like they video games actually made a profit because of just how uh, connecting it was to be able to just to be able to play video games. But also it's kind of the, the benefit of adding accessibility into these games now makes it so that um, even like as we get older and our uh, reaction time is not as uh, as great as it once was when we were kids it, we, it now enables us to be able to play these games uh, and be able to play them at their at our own comfort level with regardless of age demographic or whichever so um, there's a lot of uh, different ways to approach playing video games I mean heck like I know that sort of uh, people may, may say that oh you like playing mobile mobile games are not mean not doesn't mean that you're a gamer it's like yeah no 100% if you love playing Candy Crush that's a game that's great for like for for a lot of folks and and uh just be able to kind of you know just sit down and just kind of play a quick game of whatever so there's a lot of uh great variety of games that are now out there and also again um games that are definitely available for a lot of us uh, older folks i think actually probably even the average age for just gamers in general are starting to kind of skew older into the 20s and 30s so we're definitely seeing a lot more uh we want to we want to continue playing this hobby as we grow older so we kind of just didn't want to give up that uh, that hobby that we had when we were kids like, no, we like video games. We want to continue playing them. Well, that's right. And, you know, a lot, as you say, a lot of people, I mean, I think back to, you know, when I was at school, so we're talking 80s, 90s, um, not the 1880s or 90s, just to be very clear on that, 1980s <laughs> and 90s. Yes, yes. Um, Don't age there, but, Stephen, come on. <laughs> <laughs> people think I'm old, but I'm not that old. Uh, but, you know, when I think back then, you know, it was like top-down Grand Theft Autos, the aerial version of that that mm-hmm. I remember us playing on the school PC. And I mean the yep. school PC. It was just the one. That's all we had. That's right. And that's right. You remember? It was like, and we all crowded around it at the, you know, the break times, and we'd go up to the computer lab, which had the one computer in it. And, you know, it was great. We had so much fun and it was a really communal experience for us and of course online creates that opportunity as well so you know we're all growing up and we're all getting into our 40s and 50s now and mm-hmm. it's a case of well, actually we're still wanting to to play these games if we can and of course having that ability to play them with a disability is is, is just incredible and I, I think it does open up the door for all kinds of opportunity for older people to, to, to play the part. You know, I, I, please don't mention Candy Crush to me, though, Steve, because I have a bit of a... Oh. Honest, it's a bugbear to me. My mum has figured out how to play it. She's also oh, figured out how to buy... Oh, she's figured that out, eh? Okay, she's okay. figured out how to buy things on it, which is attached to my oh, card. No. Oh, no! I know! <laughs> which credit card is that bills from Apple. I'm like, what is this for? What am I spending 30 quid for? <laughs> now, it's all happening on Wednesday at 12 noon Eastern. It's, uh, of course, that's 9 a.m. Pacific and 5 p.m 
in the UK, and it's all going to be streamed on YouTube as well. Now, Steve, how do you prepare for something like this? Because, you know, there's so much to remember, so much information you have to put across. How, how are preparations going? How do you prepare? Uh, yeah, no, basically I've, uh, I've had a great, a great team of uh, folks who have been kind of helping me out, you know, putting together the, the scripts and, you know, the different sort of, uh, other presenters that we're going to have as well. I don't want to spoil any, any of them uh, just yet, but, uh, we're, we're really excited to be able to kind of see how that all basically gets put together. And, and even if, uh, if you're worried about like, not being able to, to watch it or, or see it, if you have, if you're disabled, don't worry, we've got you. We've got audio described version. We've got, uh, sign language versions for the, for those who need it. Uh, we also have captions available. So uh, we'll, we'll, we've got you covered if you want to be able to uh, come and watch this. So we're really excited for uh, people to uh, be able to come and watch and also celebrate some amazing games that and people who uh, helped make them uh, more accessible for disabled players. You know, I remember we talked about the event last year when you were on and uh, I think you came on just after the event and we talked about it and, you know, the, the winners. And it was just an incredible event. I think because of the fact so many disabled people were there. I mean, disabled people were hosting, presenting, you know, showing awards, part of the process. You know, it feels like it's a little world in itself in some ways that if if other industries could just get this or take this approach, we might be in a, a very different world in five, 10 years. And it seems that it's happened very quickly. Yeah, totally. I um, mean, like uh, I've kind of uh, when I started in 2017, like which in the grand scheme of things is only like six years ago, which um, seems weird that it's like that's far back now it is. But uh, even just like seeing where we've come from just within the past six years, because um, in 2017, there wasn't really any uh, games that were kind of coming out that were accessible, that were accessible um, mm. to disabled players. Like maybe we would get like one or two uh, here and there. But now kind of seeing from 2017, it just was insane six years where we're now at a point where instead of just the one big game that we would get, we would we're now getting several in multiple different genres. It's really great to be able to see just the progress that we, that we've come in just a short period of time. I mean, but then again, like access, like building accessibility into games is, is not a new endeavor. It has been a, a trying to build to like from many different kind of uh, luminaries and, and advocates within the industry uh, going back even past 10 years ago, have been really trying to be able to break the doors down and, and, and trying to be able to make it so that disabled players can be able to play these games too. Um, it, there's a lot, lot of that work. A lot of the work that we're seeing today is, a, is a thanks to, to those uh, folks from the very beginning. So yeah, it was a slow start to be able to kind of get us up and uh, up and running. But now, now the train is, I, I feel like the train has left the station. We're on the, like we're on the track. It's, we're now gaining speed and it's just only going to get uh, uh, faster and, uh, from here. And is there a game for accessible hangman? I mean, I love hangman and I want <laughs> hangman back. I I hear you. I hear you. I'm like trying to try to think of like, is there actually an accessible hangman now? I mean, there must I, be an accessible hangman. There probably sure. is some sort of version of it. I mean, uh, uh, for sure. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that'd be Not great. Your radar. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, you've got the big awards coming up on Wednesday. Uh, tell us how people can watch and get involved. Yeah, you can be able to check out uh, the website to be able to check uh, to watch it there. You can be able to go to gaconf.com or find us on our official YouTube channel. But just by searching for a GA conference. Steve, great to have you back on Steve Saylor. Uh, thank you for coming on to Double Tap. Thank you so much, Stephen. Pleasure to talk to you. Always good to have Steve on with us talking about uh, the game accessibility in general, but also the awards that are coming up. Looking forward to that on Wednesday. We'll bring you all the very latest on Thursday uh, here on Double Tap. 
for sure. Uh, Sean, I think we need to talk. When we get onto our YouTube channel, we should be talking about game consoles. I want to talk to you about that. Let's pencil that in. Absolutely, yeah. You know what? I'm going to watch this, and not because you know we're going to talk about it, just because I should watch it. I'm personally interested in this mm. uh, because it does seem, uh, you know, <laughs> absolutely great. Yes, that train is now getting some speed up. It does seem like it is now a viable option. As you said, it just felt before like, okay, gaming, console gaming in particular, we're not part of, we can't be part of. But that does seem to be changing, thanks to the work of people like Steve Saylor as well and lots of others. But yeah, I'm actually going to watch this. I'm, I'm, I'm personally interested in this. Sounds great. Okay, let's move on to a couple of uh, emails and voicemails before we go. Uh, Darren's been in touch uh, following our conversation with uh, Sakib Sheikh from Microsoft on Seeing AI. Hello, this is Darren from Bexley, um, recording a message regarding Seeing AI interview. Um, I'm a blind shell user. I haven't got Seeing AI currently on the blind shell, but I have used Lookout. And I would just like to say... Lookout has helped me enormously. I'll give you a couple of examples. One, I've used the short text facility or instant text to read letters sometimes, and I can even get a contextual contextual layout, uh, a rough idea of the contextual layout of where things are on the page, so much so that I'm actually sometimes able to point roughly on the page and say, this is what I think you need to look at. Uh, you wouldn't get that with a, a, when a machine reads the whole page out. Secondly, and this is a big one, last year, when we had all the hot weather, I had a Robert's personal DAB pl- uh, radio, and it, it crashed. And I couldn't get into the menus uh, because I couldn't see the screen. I got Lookout out, and I was able to get into the menus looking at what the screen was saying. It wasn't perfect, but I was able to reset it and put my presets in because I lost everything. So with Lookout, I was able to physically go in and do what a sighted person can do and reset the device and rebuild it from scratch uh, to how I wanted it. That is how good Lookout was then, and it's got better now. I'm hoping we get seeing AI for the blind shell soon. Just thought I'd mention that. I agree with you. These apps are invaluable and they're getting better. This is Darren saying bye for now. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, thank you, Darren. And, you know, I think you're absolutely right. I think it is invaluable. It's also important to say that there are options out there on multiple platforms. I mean, can you imagine five years ago us saying a device like the Blindshell Classic? Remember the old Doro phones you used to get? There were those sort of flip phones and feature phones to some degree. They barely spoke, never mind anything else. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Uh, The Blindshell has changed things, hasn't it? And, you know, we've, we've had talks about how quickly apps appear on there and how what work needs to be done to make them appear on there. But there's no denying it's, it's coming along so well. And Google yeah. Lookout, by the way, I, I couldn't agree more. Absolutely fantastic. Okay, let's uh, get an email from Camille. Laura reads this email uh, following uh, an appeal for beta testers for the Oco app. This is rather interesting. Apparently, I am no longer a friend of the show after requesting more Double Tap shows on the Christmas wish list. Lol. That was really meant for Mr. F as my way of saying, please do not cancel the show. Yesterday, I received an email from Michael Jansen of the OKO app, and they are looking for app beta testers located in Canada. If enough interest is shown, the app will hopefully be made available in Canada. Considering the large number of listeners to the Double Tap show, I was hoping that this message would be passed on. 
Thanks again to Laura for reading our emails. And now we found out that she can sing also. Wow, a woman with multiple talents. Lol. Camille from Regina. <laughs> I, I don't think you'll be getting your emails read again after that one, Camille. Um, but that's that's interesting, isn't it? The, the Oco app. Because, I mean, this, this app, if you don't know, this is the one that helps you cross the road safely, right? It helps you identify uh, whether it's safe to cross or not yeah. using the signals from the traffic lights. So instead of having, because there's a few systems around the world that are in operation and are available that actually work with the traffic light companies. So the, the sort of local councils or whatever would install a piece of hardware into the app. There's one in the UK uh, which does this. And what it does is it actually, you know, the council will put this little piece of hardware into the traffic light system. And then you with your iPhone can actually press the button to stop or, you know, to stop the traffic. But you'll also get an audible notification through your phone if the traffic lights themselves don't have an audible notification. It will tell you it's safe to cross. Yeah. Which is really cool. But I think the problem with that is it does require involvement from other companies. If you can take that out of the problem, if you can take the, the you know, the councils having to put in this into the extra this hardware. hardware. Yeah. Yeah. If you can take that out, then you've solved half the problem, right? Because ultimately the only issue then is can we get the app? And how does it notify? I think I think it's all about understanding the, the signals. I think they're quite cautious in rolling this out because they want to make sure it's working. They want to make sure it's it's picking up all the different types of signals that are out there. Of course, it's and so important. <laughs> They've got yeah, to get it right. Yes, of exactly. course. Exactly. So taking it easy, doing it. And they've started in the States, very popular in the States. Lots of people keep telling me in the States, oh, this is the best thing ever. But of course, not everything in the States is worldwide. So, you know, this is why this slow rollout is happening. But this is great if they're starting to, to look out for beta testers. So if you're in Canada and you want to get involved with this, uh, we'll see if we can find a link to to post this, and maybe we'll we'll put a little note up on our website as well. So I think we should encourage people to uh, to do this for sure. You know, because I think a lot of people would want to do it. You know, why wouldn't you want well, to? These cross systems road safely? are so important. The trouble is that depending on where you are in the world, there's different systems, mm. and you know, like you mentioned there, it all comes down to how much money does a council or government have to put into it to make it happen to make it actually useful as in it's not just on that street in that capital city but it's everywhere uh, yeah. and this app i think is the closest thing to the answer so the the, the rollout is great absolutely um listen thank you again to all of you for getting in touch with your emails your feedback keep it coming we will get to more of it tomorrow on the show as well uh, because some interesting conversations coming up over the next week just a reminder we're here five days a week now uh, but that should not impinge on anything. Oh, okay? impinge. Should give you, nice. Uh, I don't think that's, is that a word? I, I don't, don't know, know it but is. I like it. Let's just it. say it is. Yep. Yeah. Um, no, it's not going to make a difference. I get some messages over the weekend. Oh, great. That's it. The slow decline starts. I think if anybody's been listening to this show for a long time, you'll know the slow decline started a long time ago. Um <laughs> Pretty much on day one, I think. Um, but no, look, we're here five days a week. On our Friday show, I know some people are concerned that it's just, oh, it's a repeat show. It's not a repeat show. The Express is a, is a chance for people to catch up. We get so many emails from people saying, I'd love to listen to your show every day. I just can't. And that's exactly why we developed The Express. It was so important that everybody could access the program. Um, if, you know, we'll assess as we go, but I think this is a good idea. We're going to cover the show four days a week, and then we're going to do that wrap-up show at the weekend, uh, on Friday, I should say. That will air over the weekend on AMI-audio, and of course, you'll be able to listen to it on podcast as well. But it hopefully will give everyone a chance to keep up and catch up with the programme. I know some people are 
way, way, way behind. <laughs> I just go by the emails. I can tell where people are. Yes. It's like, oh, you don't like that one. Okay. So I don't want to bombard you with your lives uh, and take over your life. Some, some of you would be quite happy with that. I know that. I, I, and I appreciate that. Um, but, you know, we like to try test things out here. So, you know, we'll see how we go. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll take your feedback on board as we always do. Of course. Uh, but thank you so much for all your comments. And I uh, hope you keep listening and, and keep enjoying it as well. Uh, we're back tomorrow with more. And uh, Sean Priest will be back tomorrow. Um, I want to know what people think about your holiday idea. That will be interesting. So do I. Yes, I'm very interested. Lots of uh, lots of people out there, I'm sure, have used these companies before or gone on cruises. So let me know. Don't forget, feedback at doubletaponair.com. You can also call as well, one 803 4567 Leave us a voicemail. We might use it on the air. Uh, and if you don't want it to be used on air, let us know. Uh, and don't forget, of course, we have the website, which has all the very latest news from Double Tap. DoubleTapOnAir.com. It's your home for all things Double Tap with some extra content there as well. So do check that out and lots more besides. And we're back tomorrow. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.